Hola. Hello. This call is being translated. Abuela, listen to what my phone can do. Abuela, escucha lo que mi teléfono puede hacer. Wow. Ahora dime sobre tu novia nueva. Wow. Now tell me about this new girlfriend. Huh? Tú sabes lo que dije. You know what I said. Language is no longer a barrier thanks to Live Translate with Galaxy AI on Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra. Learn more at samsung.com. Samsung account login required. Calls must be made using the native Samsung dialer. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of Out with Susie Ruffle. Hello. This is a shorter episode that I wanted to share uh, because I, yesterday I had the joy of interviewing Jules Cunningham, who is a choreographer and dancer. And I, I had the pleasure of sitting in and watching a performance, well not a performance, a rehearsal of some work that they're currently creating at the Sadler's Wells Theatre. And it was really exciting to go and watch a choreographer working in the moment. Mel C from the Spice Girls is, is in the company for this performance. And if you've seen my stand-up show, you will know that that might mean something to me because I love Mel C. It was very exciting. I said hello to her. I didn't embarrass myself, which you'll all be pleased to hear. I got in touch with Jules uh, because I really wanted to speak to them about the work that they create. And I thought maybe the best way of telling you a little bit about them is just to sort of read the blurb of the show. Because part of the reason I wanted to put this episode out early, or, or rather between two series, was because I really wanted to let you guys know about it and know that it's happening. Because I feel like it, it might be something that, I'm sure it's something actually, that loads of loads of the out gang will like. So let me let me read you a little bit of the blurb and uh, I think you'll you'll agree with me that it sounds really exciting. An intimate evening of dance featuring renowned choreographer Jules Cunningham, Spice Girl Melanie C and award-winning dancer Harry Alexander. Internationally renowned dancer and choreographer Jules Cunningham premieres their latest Sadler's Wells commission in collaboration with and starring Mel C and award-winning dancer Harry Alexandra. Set around Set in the round with some seating on the stage, join us for an intimate evening of dance. What do we hold in our bodies? The fullness of our experience is alive and present in every moment. We feel our power all the way to the edges of ourselves, the loneliness of living and never being fully understood, the chaos that lives within and around us, the longing in our hearts, the unexpected happenings at the edges of our lives, our memories and the inrush of the future, the voices of those near us and those far away. How did we get here? I loved watching the rehearsal yesterday it felt very very exciting to be in a room with such talented people it was very it was brilliant and then I loved chatting to Jules we had such a great chat about their work about how about their journey through dance their journey from ballet to contemporary their journey in their identity and how they 
see themselves in the world and what what dancing means to them and how how that's helped their their journey and yeah I just want to put this episode out early because I feel like loads of you might be interested and I really hope that loads of you go down and watch it now I very very kindly Jules and the Sadler's Wells team have offered a couple of tickets to a listener of out to have a couple of free tickets to come along to the show. So if you would like to come, please get in touch with me. Use the email that we use for out. So it's hello at outwithsusieruffle.com and I will organise that. We've just got one set of tickets. So to be honest, it's going to be the first person that gets in touch with me. But have a look on saddlerswells.com if you're interested in going along to the show. Uh, There's a little trailer as well. And you can look up the work that Jules is doing. They are really interesting and really brilliant and really, really funny. We had a lovely chat and I'm going to share that with you now. Well, listeners, this is a little bonus episode, which I'm very excited to share with you. I'm in conversation today with Jules Cunningham, who is a choreographer and dancer. And I've just been enormously lucky that I have got to go into a rehearsal room in Sadler's Wells and watch their upcoming piece, How Did We Get Here, that will be on here in the new year. And I just absolutely loved it. I found it fascinating watching proper dancers, proper real dancers in a rehearsal studio working through stuff. And then there was a bit where they put the music on and I got to watch like it feel like it was a real performance piece. It felt very, very exciting. And I'm very excited that I've got tickets uh, in the new year. I'm going to recommend at the end of the show that you get tickets too. As a dancer, they have worked with some of the most celebrated choreographers of the 20th century, including Mouse Cunningham and Michael Clark, and now are creating their own experimental work, often examining gender and identity. They've kindly squeezed in a chat with me today, halfway through rehearsals, to share their story on Out. What a treat. Welcome to the show, Jules. Hi, Susie. Hi. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. I love being upstairs. I mean, I've sort of just said this, but it felt very exciting to be in. I mean, it's very normal for you, isn't it, to be in the studio sort of doing stuff? It's it's pretty normal, yeah. Yeah. It's like the most normal bit of my life. Is that where you feel most like... This makes sense. I do. I think that in my head, I feel very chaotic mm-hmm. most of the time. And like, I don't know what's going on, but somehow when I'm doing the dancing in the studio, I feel like my, my brain works really well. Is it like a, there's like a peacefulness once you're, once yeah. there's like a vert, some music on? Or? Um, I think it's not even the music. I think it's just like moving my body and like having that, I guess like having the physical practice mm. feels like I, I can really be myself or I know I know where I am, even though nobody knows where they are and what's going on. But I think it just gives me a bit of a grounding yes. feeling and I somehow, then somehow I feel like I've got like quite a lot of capacity that I don't have in the rest of my life. Do you feel the same when there's an audience there? Does that change that feeling? I think it maybe um, heightens that feeling. Mm-hmm. Because I think that it, when you're performing in front of people, you have a sort of hyper awareness. Yeah, for sure. Where you you feel like you know what's going on in you, and then you're like completely aware of everyone around you, and you you like noticing lots of things. So it's like a really diffuse uh, sense of awareness that uh, you can't really think about anything else. You can't get really anxious or no, yeah, because you just in the awareness. Yes. No, yeah. I totally relate to that. It's the same with stand up. Yeah. When you are. Uh, when you're having a great gig, obviously when you're not, when, you, when it's not so much fun, you are thinking about other things yeah. <laughs> or you're like thinking about how you're going to diffuse, to use your word, the situation somehow. Yeah. But when you're having a really good show, it sort of just feels like you're, like I can't think about anything else. I'm yeah. just like in this yeah. for a minute, which is actually really 
satisfying in the chaotic world that we live in. Yeah. Do you think that's like the definition of like being in the moment? It's a bit cheesy, isn't it? Yeah, no, but being I think... Moment, but that's, maybe that's what the sense is. Yeah, I think so. I, I find it very hard to be in the moment. Yeah. I find very, especially in like, in my day-to-day life, I'm always like, what about this? What about that? What about this? There's something to worry about. I'm sure I can find something. Um, but <laughs> yeah, if something happens and you've just got to respond then, yeah, it does make you feel sort of hyper zoned in yeah. on what you're doing which is actually which I love yeah I find that very sort of I find, I find it like a break sometimes being on stage it's like yeah okay I've just got to do my show great oh yeah. brilliant I haven't got to be traveling to a show I haven't got to be in traffic I haven't got to be like dealing with some person that I don't like yeah. or with stress yeah I can just I've just got to do my stand-up okay fine yeah same yeah no you can just bypass a lot of things yeah um that are really confronting in the rest of your life. Yeah. yeah. And just get and just sort of get on with this is what I'm doing now. Yeah. I'm just gonna do this. Yeah. So did you you danced from you were around six, did you start dancing? Yeah, like doing bit of, like went going to like after school. Yes. Ballet. Tap ballet modern. Tap ballet modern. Classic. <laughs> that's what that's what I was doing too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> probably not as well as you, but let's not get into that. Um so <laughs> at what point did you sort of go because you went sort of into a you went to Central School of Ballet. I did go to Central School of Ballet very briefly. Right. So did you, was there a point when you thought as a t- teen, like, oh, this could be a job? Yeah, probably when I was about 13 or 14, I thought I felt like uh, this is what I want to do. Right. And I, it was quite clear. And then I think once I decided that, I was like, I don't care about anything else. I just want to do this. But I think also, you know, I didn't come from like a family of like people in the arts and mm-hmm. I didn't really, didn't have access to like any kind of arts yeah. stuff. Yeah, totally. Um, I grew up in St. Helens. And so I don't know how I could like imagine it, but I was like, I can imagine somehow a future doing this thing that uh, that feels yeah good to me and like that I love it. And so I just sort of, zoned really like zoned in on it and yeah. I was like I'm gonna do that I so relate to that because I feel like sometimes you meet people don't you in I mean different professions but both in sort of I don't know broadly I mean I call myself a show off broadly just being on stage and doing yeah. stuff creatively but often when you meet people that have sort of come from occasionally quite a privileged background and maybe their family are sort of also in the arts mm. you sort of go oh you didn't have to have that thing that I had where I had to go oh is it a job is yeah. it a thing? Yeah. You sort of always knew it was a, a possibility. Whereas, yeah. yeah, same for me. I didn't realise that being, you get paid to be creative. Yeah. Didn't make sense to me. Yeah. And so what were you like as a young person? Other um, than doing ballet a lot? I think I was quite weird. And <laughs> I, I didn't, yeah, I think I'd, I was very shy. And I don't think I had many friends really. Mm. And my parents got divorced when I was 11. And so, and I think at that time, like now it's more common that mm-hmm. like families change. But at that time I just felt like quite, I, I guess like a bit of shame or like fear of like telling people. And I, I just, I think I just like stopped talking to people and I didn't really have any friends. And I was just like, I'm not telling anybody about anything about myself. And I got a bit sort of in myself, but just was like, I guess dancing was, a bit of a lifesaver yeah because it was like a place where I didn't have to talk I could just do the dancing and obviously you were good at it and so I think being a young person having something you're 
good at. Yeah, yeah. And not suggesting that you weren't good at school, but there was just something so freeing about being like, oh, I've got a yeah. thing. Yeah, I think it was. It's just like, this is my thing. This feels like my safe place or um, mm. a place where I can express myself. And I can't do that in any other part of my life. Um, so, yeah, I think that was also part of really getting into the dancing mm. was also the change in my family and yeah um like a shift yeah which feels sort of of cosmic size when you're that age yeah um were you aware of your sort of identity or your I don't actually know uh if you use any labels about yourself with regards yeah. to your sexuality I know that identity and sexuality are two very different things but yeah. were you aware that you were maybe the word that I like to use is I realized I was other, just yeah. other, just yeah. something other. Did, were you aware at that point or maybe in those sort of first sort of teen years? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I wasn't like aware that I could be something other than what I was supposed to be, which I guess made me feel like there's something, definitely something wrong with me. Mm. It wasn't like, oh, I'm cool, I'm something other. It was like, there's something wrong with me. I don't fancy boys. I don't, I'm not really a good like girl. I'm not fitting anywhere, there's something wrong with me. Um, I'm just gonna hide myself, you know? Mm. Um, and I think also in St. Helens, there was like, there wasn't any queer people. Yeah. There wasn't any like gay people that I knew. Um, there was no, yeah, there was no like representation. So I think I just, because of that got really, really hidden in myself and didn't even really think about it right. until I was like late teens. Yeah. So it was like, I'm just going to bury that. Yeah. I yeah. thought like, maybe I don't have a sexuality. That was mm -hmm. sort of where I went with it. Yeah. It's like, oh, I just, I don't, I just don't care about that. People. I'm just really like, into dance. There's I'm just, nothing else for me. Basically, yeah. I'm just like really into dancing. I've not got time for anything else. Because mm. I just didn't know how to, even begin to think about it. Yeah, that's so interesting because yeah. a few times on the podcast when I've spoken to people that are uh, actors or, or, or singers or, or just sort of creative anyway, when their hobby has become their job, they've said similar things about sort of being like, well, I was just someone that did musical theater. And so that was my thing. Yeah. And my thing wasn't having a boyfriend and I definitely wasn't thinking about having a girlfriend. Yeah. It was just, I was someone that had hobbies. Yeah, And I think that comes up a lot for, for people that are a queer and that are sort of searching for like a, a safe place to sit until you yeah. can deal with the other stuff yeah that's yeah. how I felt anyway yeah did you move to London at 16 I did move to London when I was 16 and I was at Central School of Ballet for a year and then I sort of had I guess like the beginning of me having a bit of a breakdown oh god and then uh, so I ended up moving home for a year and then when I was 18 I moved back to London and I went to Rombo School. Yes. Which was like a very different uh, ethos of a sure. school. And- Cause 16 is very young to be in London. It's very young. And I just thought I was like, fine. I thought I, I'm like grown up. I can look after myself. I mean, I kind of been looking after myself anyway, mm -hmm. but this was like a different level. And I just didn't have a clue when I was like pretending that I knew what I was doing, you know, mm. and it, it was just, and then also not having like money yeah, and trying to be, live in London when you're 16. Doesn't, that doesn't, doesn't really work. So, no, it's really hard. Yeah, so that was sort of a bad, a really difficult year. Um, but then when I came back and went to Rombo School, 
that was like such a different experience and and is rambo yeah. like ballet and contemporary yeah is it like a sort of mix yeah, yeah so when i i mean it still is some similarly but when i was there it was like they they describe it as like equally ballet and contemporary right okay so sure like, there's like a strong classical training but also like strong contemporary training do you need to be able to do ballet to be a contemporary dancer it's like the some of the roots in ballet i mean i think it's like a useful technique i think sure. it, i think it's a useful way to like understand your body and like organize your body mm. and then it can be used in other um techniques or like ways of moving yeah as, as like a basis i don't think it's necessary but i think it's really useful. helpful i think it's really useful yeah and so i don't know what the contemporary world's like i know a bit about the ballet world because i've got a couple of friends that are dancers but is it i mean i feel like it must be sort of quite exhausting and cutthroat is that wrong is that right cutthroat is maybe not the right word exhausting <laughs> and competitive competitive yeah yeah i mean i think like actually my experience at rombo school was very like was great and mm -hmm. I met loads of really great people and it's like the first time I like really met gay people and like people from different countries and yeah. like was that liberating to meet yeah gay people did you were you like yeah. oh yeah I mean like and when I first got there like my best friend was like this gay guy and we were just like hanging out all the time and it was just really fun and like I, I guess I just like learned a lot from other people yeah about, but I think I still was very much like I don't know who I am and mm. I don't know how to think about who I am. It took me like a couple more years to like yeah. to open up a bit. But yeah, I guess like when I when I left school and you start to like have to go to auditions and it's absolutely vile. Mm. Um, <laughs> right. And like I feel like nobody really gets a job from an audition anyway. It's like you right. know somebody or you yeah. you know you've been invited because you know the director or you know the choreographer how's an audition work for a dancer it's like a massive group thing and they're literally like yeah you can stay you can go yeah like so a chorus line. yeah basically it's like you go oh, and, you, and you, it's like you do a dance class i know <laughs> sweating i'm like super sweating um you go and like you do so if you did like a ballet class as yeah. the audition like you would do like the bar which is like the first yes, of course, 20 yeah. minutes and then they'd be like make a cut like so you don't even get like into the you just have to do the bar and then so I did quite a lot of those and then I, and then I was like, oh, why am I doing this? Like, why? Yeah. This is, there's no point. They're just making myself feel terrible. Yeah. Um, and how much, I've seen some ballet stuff where it's sort of all male or all female, mm -hmm. but is it quite, it's sort of traditional ballet, very gendered. Very. As well. Still so gendered. Really, yeah. yeah. So it's like yeah, yeah. you sort of need to obviously be able to, dance beautifully but also like you need to look exactly like they want yeah someone in swan lake to look sorry to use the most yeah. obvious ballet in the world yeah, but yeah. you know what i mean yeah the right height the right like leg length mm -hmm. arm, like, like it's like it's very like homogenous yes um yeah so i think like yeah I, I, when i was at rombo school i mean when i got there i was like really into ballet and then by that time i left i was like i'm really into contemporary dance right <laughs> so it was like kind of a shift because i just i think i just felt like oh there's more freedom to be myself there's more space to like for difference yes and, like differences more celebrated yes um and i yeah i still feel like that although there is still a bit of tradition and actually when i like the the first uh well the second job that i had but like sort of first long-term job that i had was in a 
a modern dance company in New York. Yeah, Most Cunningham. Most Cunningham. Who's a contemporary dancer that I've actually heard of. So that's, <laughs> I actually, I'm like, I'm like, wow, fucking hell, I've even, I've even I've heard of him. That's amazing. <laughs> um, but that was also like really traditionally gendered. Right, really? Like, extremely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there was just men and the men and the women and like the women do, do this. And I mean, he had very like set ideas about like how men danced and how women danced. Right, okay. Um, which was like, okay, when I got there. And then as I started to like think about who I am, mm. I was like, I can't do this. I can't listen to this all day. And at the same time, I just felt like nobody, I couldn't express that. And yeah, no, there was there was no way to really say it. Right. So it started to really like affect me. Yeah. And be really uncomfortable. Yeah, because it's being sort of, Gender queer, I guess, is something that I've heard about for longer, but certainly the term non-binary or having friends that are, that for having friends that are non-binary, I know that many of them have said to me, oh, finally, I've like found this, like, it felt like this, these words were like just not in anyone's vocabulary yeah. 15 years ago or 10 years ago. Yeah. Or if they were, they were like in a, a subsect of people that, you know, maybe you didn't hear about as much. Yeah. Whereas now there's sort of more language to support different identities yeah were you sort of searching for something that felt right yeah I think it took me a while though because I think like it was a bit I feel like it was a bit in stages in terms of like I was trying to figure out my sexuality mm -hmm. and I didn't even like consider gender identity mm. so the, the first stage of figuring out who I am was was definitely about sexuality and I think only when I moved to New York was like I felt like I can explore it now. I can like figure out who I am. And it was still quite hard. Was that because of the distance from home? I think it probably was, but also it felt like New York, I, ca I can be like who I am. Yeah, yeah, That's totally. Just... And also there's something about yeah. being away where you're like, I'm kind of a different person here. Yeah. Like, I can kind of be that person that, <laughs> yeah. cause you know, if at home you start wearing like a hat, everyone's like, you're wearing a hat. But like, if you go to New York and you're like, you're like, oh, she's just that girl that wears hats. You're like, yeah, like you can yeah. sort of reinvent yourself. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I used the hat analogy, but I think you got yeah. what I meant. <laughs> and I think just like culturally, it's it's such a different place. Yes. And there's not like, oh, why are you doing that? It's just like, yeah, you're doing that. That's great. Like yes. go for it kind of kind of thing. So American audiences seem to be far more like, good for you. Yeah. Great. Yeah. This is interesting. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, I don't know about dance, but for comedy, it's certainly when you walk on stage sometimes, you can tell the audience are like, go on then. Yeah. Entertain us. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. okay. <laughs> this is a great environment for me to be super funny. <laughs> Hola. Hello. This call is being translated. Abuela, listen to what my phone can do. Abuela, escucha lo que mi teléfono puede hacer. Wow. Ahora dime sobre tu novia nueva. Wow. Now tell me about this new girlfriend. Huh? Tú sabes lo que dije. You know what I said. Language is no longer a barrier, thanks to Live Translate with Galaxy AI on Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra. Learn more at Samsung.com. Samsung account login required. Calls must be made using the native Samsung dialer. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click gift mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And gift mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. 
Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Um, but, uh, sorry, you were saying, so New York, you had the opportunity to sort of explore who you were a bit more. Yeah. And I think, like, there were a couple of friends just saying, like, I think I'm, like, gay. And they were, like, awesome. Like, yeah. And I was like, oh, Okay. Okay, and now like, um, so yeah, I think I felt like I was like sort of coming into that and like feeling yeah. more open and like that that it was okay in myself as well. Yeah, you know? definitely. And then, and then I th- I think I was then feeling like oh, but I'm a woman, and feeling like I'm not I can't I'm not really like fitting into the woman thing. It's not mm. working for me, but I'm like trying, and then. I think just also meeting other people in New York and then there's a really great um, LGBTQ community centre in the West Village which was like quite close to where I worked Right. so I was like going there and I found this group that was it was for people assigned female at birth who were like on a transition sure um, so I started to go to that group because I was like I want to figure out like what this is and to try and find words for it Um so I met a lot of trans people mm. through going to that group and hearing their stories. And then I was like, do I want to be a man? Do I want to, like, where am I, you know? Yeah, and then I, I, I think just through going to that and hearing people, I was like, okay, I don't I don't want to be a man, mm-hmm. but I'm not a woman. Yeah. And, like, just like, and then finding, like, somewhere, okay, where am I? And there weren't many, like, what we would say non-binary people in that group but I think it really helped me to find to just say I think and I used the term at that time I'm I feel like I'm genderqueer mm. and like I don't want to use she pronouns yeah anymore but there was not really also like nobody was really using they them pronouns at that time yes so I just in a way stopped saying stopped using pronouns and I was right, like okay. just calling my name that works as yeah. much as possible so with like my close friends I was like can you just call me my name not she yeah um so that was sort of the way i found into it um, that makes sense yeah also it's about having you know different for me because you know my but with my sort of identity as a lesbian there is something about sort of you know you sort of have to go through like your own journey of ownership yeah before you can sort of tell other people how you how you want them to treat yeah. you or how you want to be referred to for a long time I used the word I was like I'm a gay woman I'm a gay woman and then I realized it was probably because I had some internalized homophobia against the word lesbian yeah and then I felt like I had to really make a change and I was like no I am a lesbian and there's nothing wrong with that yeah but because it got shouted at me at school yeah I have to really I have to like get over the fact that it was shouted at me because it is what I am like you know there was but I think sometimes there's that sort of push and pull with language yeah but that's such a great I'm sure there'll be people listening that that are thinking yeah I'm just gonna tell people to call me by my name for a bit yeah and that will make me, well, I'm going, well, I'm working this out. Yeah. 
that's a good tip yeah and when you sort of i know that you you then moved on to another sort of uh dance like I, I, I worked with another choreographer after that but and now you create your own work how much how much does gender have to do with the sort of work you're creating um well i think at the beginning i was like at the beginning of make, making my own work I, I, it was definitely like i've been in these situations where I've, like it's been a really gendered like mm. fixed gendered situation and i haven't really been able to be who I want to be and relate to the people I'm working with in the way that I want to. Mm-hmm. So I guess it, I started out thinking about like, how can I create that way of relating to other people in a way that I want to, and like, it feels good for all of us. Mm. It doesn't feel as hierarchical. Yeah, And I right. think, I think then the, like the first works that I made, I was thinking about like partnering and like right. the hierarchy of, of that, of like being lifted and like being right, passed yeah. around, like just being a body. Like, Cause does a, it feel like that sometimes? Like, cause yeah. there's a real, and I don't know whether it's more so as, whether someone that would be, you know, perceived traditionally as sort of like the female role, but it does often feel like it's like, like, and now I'm finished with you and now I'll pick you up and now I'm finished with you and now I'll pick you up. Yeah. And that also, to, to me, I always found that that was like really indicative of like, the life of a dancer as well like you get to 35 or you get to if you're lucky mm. and then it's like yep you're gonna have to move into teaching you're gonna have to do something else because yeah. it's just about being this type of yeah girl that yeah. is does it feel like that as a dancer um it it can do i mean i've not really felt the like uh like you need to move on <laughs> sing, sing <laughs> sorry maybe that was too direct like, Whoa. <laughs> oh, sorry <No. laughs> But I mean, there is that. I mean, when I was a young dancer, I was like, when I'm 35, I'm going to have to think about something A else. new job, yeah. But now I'm like 43 and like... Smashing it. I'm like, I'm still, I feel great. Like yeah. I feel like in some ways better than I did yeah. in my 20s and 30s. Um, So I, I, I guess I've not really felt like that, but it does, I have been in lots of situations as a dancer where you just feel like you're being passed around and like you're an object yeah you know which, yeah. which like feels horrible and then it's also like so one way and i think like in making my own work i've been like how can we share weight how can i help you how can you help uh, me like so that it feels really like risk more reciprocal or like a team yeah rather than being an object mm. like i don't want anyone to feel like an object yeah so i started sort of thinking about that and then and then also thinking about um like queer space like queer space and time and like choreographically like what that could be like not thinking always how would you begin (laughs) like how would you start so when i was watching the rehearsal earlier there's like a really are you calling it nina because it's nina mr simone singing yeah is that why you call that bit nina okay yeah so because you were like, we'll do the Nina. And I was like, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> um, but but um, it's this like like pattern of, mm-hmm. of walking. Yeah. And it's really beautiful to watch. It's sort of mesmerizing mm-hmm. as you all sort of turn in place. And, and then one of you leaves it and then comes back. It's really like, yeah, sort of mesmerizing to watch, I, yeah. I felt. But as I was watching, I was thinking, where do you even... Do you start with the music? Do you start with an idea? Do you start with one step and go oh that'd be good if you did yeah sort of a box around 
Yeah. I think, I mean, actually that like box step that mm -hmm. we were doing is um, the very first thing in the very first rehearsal with Mel and Harry, when we met earlier this year, it was like, let's do the box step. <laughs> and like, that was, that was like where it started actually with the box right. step. Cause I was like, I was thinking about like how to like invite Melanie in. Yes. You know. So we should be clear now. So M Melanie C, also known as Mel C, also known as Sporty Spice, is in your company for this, yeah. for this work. Yeah. Which is, it was really exciting. It's very exciting. It's very exciting. <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, there was part of me that was like, I'm in the room with the Spice Girl and I'm being totally chilled. <laughs> I'm being, I think she thinks I'm cool. Um, but, <laughs> but, but how, how did that even come about? Um, it was a bit like, I said something out loud that was like a bit of a fantasy of like, oh, that wouldn't it be so cool to work with? I mean, me and Harry were like fans of Mel. And sure. We've often talked about it over the years, like, oh, let's do like. Cause she's got a dance background. She yeah, grew up dancing. Yeah. She's, yeah. Yeah. She did like a very similar early training, dance training to me sure. and Harry. Right, okay. So yeah, it was a bit of a, oh, that'd be cool, wouldn't it? And then I had a meeting here at Sadler's because I'm an, an associate artist yes. here. And I met with the director and he was just asking me, so like, what are you working on or what are you thinking about? What do you want to make? And I was like, well, I have this idea about a piece with Melzi. And he was like, mm, okay, like, can you just explain a bit more? And I was like, I oh, just thought it would be really great. And uh, <laughs> she's a really good dancer. And so he and just- went, so he just like, he just saw him like write it down in his notepad, Melanie C. And he's like, okay, I'll see what I can do. And then I think he just got in touch like through uh, Melanie's manager or like whatever. And then I think it was like two weeks later, we met here. That's so exciting. It was very exciting. And I was really nervous, <laughs> but like trying to be really cool. Yeah, of course. That's what you can do. Um, and then we had a chat and it was really nice. And then we just, and then, then we went to the studio for like the first time we did the box there. Yeah. And then it's just all sort of unraveled from the box step to. And so here. when you're choreographing, do you sort of spend time by yourself in the studio sort of like just, just moving? Yeah. So I think most, it's like 90% of the time it's either in my head or on my own. Right. Of like making a whole work. Yeah, I would yeah. say it's 90%. And then the 10% is like working with everyone else. Right. So do you have quite a clear, so when you go into rehearsals on the first day, mm. do you have a picture then in your head of what it is? Not at the, not at the first day. Cause I, I think, I think working with Melanie and Harry, I was like, I need to find a way that we can work together. That's not about me saying, right, well, this is what we're going to do. And you have to fit into it. Mm. And it was, cause it was very much like inviting somebody in. Yeah, who's sure. not like trained in the way that I am. Yes, of course. And not in the dance world per se. Yeah. yeah. So I felt like I needed to, try some things out and like notice what was happening mm -hmm. and seeing what worked and what didn't work yeah. and like to make it feel like inclusive. Yeah. You know? So like we all feel included and like we're all in a place that we feel okay about. So it's been a bit of a process of that and then come into like, okay, that's working, that's working. Let's work on more on that, see what happens. Let's work. Right. Um and do you have yeah. the music already? Is it, is it like did you already have so that there's like this beautiful Nina Simone song mm -hmm. that's talking a lot about identity actually yeah. I sort of noted yeah. as you were moving and, and dancing and yeah. 
was did you already know that that was going to be the piece of music you were going to use do you i think with that one that was like super mm. clear i was like i really want to dance this piece of music right and that was quite central to this piece but i think it i think it was almost like if that was like the the center that like dropped that in it was like what like the ricochets gonna, yeah like what's gonna like be around that or like what's gonna come out of that and do you think like when you're sort of telling a story mm. so when you sort of were coming to think about it's called how did we get here that's right how did it? Yeah. so when you were coming to think about how did we get here did you know what you wanted to share did you have like a are these really, I don't know if these are really obvious questions no, to ask no, no, a dancer, it's just, okay. I don't, but did you sort of think, right, okay, I want to, I want to talk about this thing. Yeah. I think it was like about a lot of things because it was like, the, the, also the title was quite like at the beginning. Hmm. It was also like, oh my God, this is going to happen. Like, how did we get here? How did I get to this point? And also like, I'd had quite, I'd been really unwell last year and like right. it was also about getting back into dancing again and saying like what what is this point and like where is it taking me and then how did we collide at this moment mm. so I think it was on like in a very like personal place how did I get to this point also how together how did we get here mm. what, what are we doing together and they're like in a bigger thing of like, how did we, like what's going on in the world? Yeah. And then like on a very universal, like yeah. thinking about like movements of planets and stars and like, you know. Everything. So it's sort of, yeah, going like in all the scales of why are we here and what are we doing? And, and the very much about us and like where we all are in our mm. lives as well. Oh, I can't wait to see it. <laughs> oh i'm so excited now yeah. um thank you so much for like dipping out of a rehearsal to talk to me yeah. um I, it's been a real thrill to hear about your journey now i ask the same question to everyone that comes on the end of the podcast and it's sort of a version of sort of writing to your teenage self or but it doesn't have to be your teenage self really it can be sort of any version of yourself and some people don't like thinking about writing to themselves because they say well no because that would change what happened mm. i don't want to change it yeah so if you feel like that maybe think about a person that's having Maybe a similar, maybe a similar experience to you when I may be thinking of the version of you when you first got to New York mm -hmm. and you first had a gay friend or a queer friend and you were first sort of your eyes were first being opened up to this sort of new worldview. If you could reach out to you mm -hmm. or to someone that's going through that right now and give them a bit of advice or just pop your arm mm -hmm. around their shoulder, what would you say? I would say, well, first of all, it's going to be okay. <laughs> it's gonna be okay and it's gonna it's gonna keep getting better and also it's so like it's really okay to be who you are and like that that's the the absolute best thing that you can be is to be exactly who you are um and it's okay not to fit even though it's so painful at that time you'll find a place you'll find a place in the universe that's right for you perfect Thank you, Jules. Thank you. That was the brilliant Jules Cunningham. As I said, their new show, How Did We Get Here, is on at the Sadler's Wells Theatre from the 19th to the 29th of January. All details are at sadlerswells.com. Now there'll be a little break before my new series, Series 7. My goodness. Seven series. 
I was only meant to make one in lockdown when I had nothing to do, but here we are. I've already got some really exciting people that have said yes. Hopefully they'll continue to say yes because I haven't recorded the interviews yet. Um, If you're listening to this between Christmas and New Year, I hope you had a lovely Christmas and I wish you all the best for 2023. And yeah, there'll be a new series maybe around February. I'm going to do lots of recordings in January, but I'll be back soon. As you well know, or you might know, uh, I am out on tour at the moment please come along to it. I'm having wonderful shows. The tour restarts in March. I've got to run at uh, the London Soho Theatre and then I'm going all over the country. All details can be found at suzyruffle.com and I'll speak to you in a little while. Take care. <laughs>